Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 作为父母，我哋尽己所能喺呢场疫情中保证孩子们嘅安全。依家我哋有咗确保佢哋更安全嘅最佳工具。我哋所能够做最为重要嘅嘢，就系、是、为孩子接种疫苗嚟预防 COVID-19。疫苗已经被证明咗对满五周岁嘅孩子系安全有效嘅。联系你孩子嘅医生或访问 mytoon.ca.gov 嚟寻找你附近嘅疫苗。由 The California Department of Public Health 为你提供。All right, welcome to the Browns Wire podcast. We're bringing you a special episode right off the 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 awesome interview we had with uh, Barry wide receiver Mason Kinsey, who's likely to get drafted this week. Uh, good luck to him. Good luck to Nathan Rourke, who we also interviewed earlier in the process. He's going to be eligible for the NFL draft and the CFL draft. So there's a lot going on there. But we want to bring you a little special preview. We're going to be doing mock drafts the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and that's right. The seventh round. Today we're going to do the first round because we thought it might take a little bit more time. We're kind of getting rid of, you know, used to our flow. We're both working off super tiny laptops, trying to keep track of everything. Uh, and two men with 32 teams, it's going to be uh, quite exhausting. But Adam thought it'd be a good idea. First of all, I give a lot of credit to Adam because Adam went ahead and he randomized all the teams. So the computer spit out the 16 teams that I'm going to be the GM of, of course. The Browns were automatically assigned to me, and the Bengals were automatically assigned to Adam. So I guess he took the remaining 30 teams, spit them out. Uh, I'll go ahead and introduce my teams first, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to be the GM for the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons, again the Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the Detroit Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints, New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Adam, who do you have? So that leaves me with the Las Vegas Raiders, the New York Giants, the Washington Redskins, the Carolina Panthers, the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, the Houston Texans, the San Francisco 49ers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Indianapolis Colts, Seattle Seahawks, Chicago Bears, Baltimore Ravens, as you mentioned, the Bengals, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Green Bay Packers. So, I, I, I'm actually glad you didn't give me the Raiders because I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to call them the Oakland Raiders at least 45 times. So you can have that. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that. We were going to have more people on, but we couldn't figure out the logistics of it. Adam and I were kind of bouncing around trying to figure out the time and all that. Uh, we're definitely going to try to do something special on draft night. Uh, so please hit us up on Twitter. Please hit us up on Facebook. Maybe we can do like a group Facebook Live where we include everybody that wants to be included and kind of 
get our instant reactions on the picks. Like I said, Adam and I kind of slapped this together last minute, so we'll kind of see how this goes. Uh, I actually can't see his face anymore. We typically record off of Skype, and it looks like <laughs> he's frozen, but that's all right. Uh, with the first pick, the Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock. All right. It, this is the easiest pick in the entire draft. The, the With the first overall pick of the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals will select Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU. Oh, my God. I mean, is that, what a, an does that idiot. shock you? <laughs> what an idiot. No, uh, why don't you go ahead and break us down. What do you like about Joe Burrow? Uh, what do you not like about Joe Burrow? And uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit about what's going on. I mean, there's really nothing to to not like about Joe Burrow, in my opinion. He's got you know he's got elite accuracy. I think he 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 does he he plays really well when the play breaks down, which I think is uh is an attribute of of elite quarterbacks in the NFL. So you know when his first read's not there, his second read's not there, he's able to use his feet to create more time. Uh, so I mean, those are, those are the types of things that you see Patrick Mahomes, you see Russ Wilson doing, Aaron Rodgers doing in the NFL. He's able to do that. The only really knock that you can that you can kind of put on Joe Burrow is that he is he, he is a one year wonder. Um, how much of that is Joe Brady um, being the offensive coordinator at LSU last year? Now he's he's with the Carolina Panthers, uh, so that's a question mark. The other question mark is you know he doesn't have an elite arm talent, arm strength. He doesn't have an absolute cannon. Uh, but it is it is strong enough um, to you know to to be serviceable in this NFL. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I'm 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 super excited for the Bengals in this pick. Yeah, I feel like you you pretty ma- pretty much nailed that. He's a member of the AAA club. Uh, he's got anticipation, accuracy, and the attitude that you want in your starting quarterback. Um, like you said, he doesn't have a cannon arm. Uh, we're going to talk about Jacob Eason later on, maybe today, maybe later on. Uh, but Jacob Eason does have that rocket. He does have the super desirable cannon. You don't have to have that to win in the NFL. You don't have to have that elite you know, Madden 99 rating arm to win in the All NFL. Right. As long as you're accurate, as long as you can anticipate when a per- your receiver is going to be open and you have good communication skills, you can thrive off of that. Look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady does not have the biggest arm in the NFL. So I completely agree with you there. Um, I guess the Washington Redskins are now on the clock. Yeah, and, and if Joe Burrow was the, the most obvious selection in the NFL draft, the second most obvious selection to me, is this second pick with the Washington Redskins? I know we've talked about it a little bit, Josh. Is this is not really a need for Washington? They, you know, the defensive line is probably their strongest unit they have on the football team. But you just can't pass up the opportunity to select uh, a difference maker like Chase Young here at two. So I think before the, the you go pick on, here, yeah. Can I can I just add the the Redskins do have a massive unit. Yeah, the, the units. <laughs> I can't see your face. Did you get the joke, Adam? I'm sorry. Yeah, I did. I did oh, get it. Yeah, it's laughing. a penis joke. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, hey, the, the pick here is obvious to me. is Chase Young, uh, defensive end out of Ohio State. Okay. So, yeah, you kind of you, – you, you briefly talked about it. I'm sorry. Everybody's going to probably hear us typing and clipping and clapping, which kind of <laughs> sucks. But, again, you know, we just kind of slapped this together. We're doing the best we can. Uh, but, yeah, Chase Young doesn't really have a whole lot of weaknesses. It's hard to really ignore his talent where we're at. Um, you know, he does everything right, everything that you want in a pass rusher. He, he big, he's compared to the Bosa brothers very often, uh, almost because he's, you know, likely because he's from Ohio State, obviously. Uh, but he honestly compares more closer to Joey than Nick because he's got that pure, 
uh, athleticism, that pure size. Nick was very much a gym rat. Nick was in the gym constantly, kind of uh, created his body more than it was, you know, God giving it to him. Chase is more like Joey in that aspect, but Chase honestly has a higher ceiling than Joey. I don't think a lot of people would argue against that. Um, people talk about Chase disappearing the last couple games. The dude was fighting against double teams, triple teams. Um, you know, every now and again, he his pad level is a little too high, but that's again, that mm-hmm. is me nitpicking. And uh, I don't have any issue with you going there again the redskins have a very strong defensive line um i would see think that they're probably going to be a trade back candidate but we eliminated Mm -hmm. trades from this mock draft exercise due to time constraints um would you agree with that adam yeah no i mean i i i don't i don't know i don't think i don't think washington is going to trade out of this second position personally and that's probably not because there's not teams wanting to move up and, and get a get a crack at Tua or Herbert, whoever they may like at the quarterback position. But I, I just I think I think three is more desirable, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, but just one more point on Young. Obviously, he's he's got elite size, elite speeds, elite strength. He's probably not as technically savvy or as technically sound as the Bosa brothers were, uh, and he was able to get away with that just because he's such a freak athletically. Um, but you know, that's something that can develop, um, throughout his, throughout his, you know, his time in the NFL. And I, I mean, I think he's got like Khalil Mack upside. Uh, he could, you know, he could be as dominant as any pass rusher ever in the NFL. So I think that's what the Red, the Redskins are drafting here. All right. So the Detroit Lions are now on the clock. Obviously this is the first time that I'm going to get to pick. Uh, I think this is a pretty easy pick for me. The Detroit Lions, their most obvious biggest weakness is cornerback uh, with the Redskins taking chase young. Uh, it makes the best defender back on the big board. Jeffrey Okuda out of a cornerback out of Ohio state. They fulfill a need and they get who I have the third best player available where I'm sorry, the third best player in the NFL draft overall, the number one best player available on my big board. Akuda, like we talked about the size, the speed, he kind of has the whole package. Um, there's not really a whole lot of weakness to his game. I would say, uh, you know, I was talking to a fellow amateur scout, I guess you'd say, who said that Akuda's biggest weakness is that the, the Ohio State pass rush took so much pressure off of him that you didn't really get to see, you know, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to guard guys for five seconds, which he shouldn't have to in the NFL either. Um, but, you know, that is something that was pointed out to me. But again, Akuda is pretty much elite in every aspect that you could ask for. Yeah, I agree with you. Akuda is a guy, he's, you know, he's probably not a better tackler than CJ Henderson, and he's probably not a better. Whoa, like, wait a second. Prob- what? Probably not a better playmaker. You don't like, think he's a better tackler than CJ Henderson? I think CJ Henderson is rising. CJ Henderson can't tackle at all. He couldn't. He couldn't catch a cold, dude. He avoids tackles. That was like his big. Well, I guess we're gonna debate this topic, but I, I, right. I guess no, we're gonna right. have you're a difference right. here. No, you're right. But you know, I, what I'm. I guess what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is Akuda is just overall, um, just the 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 most solid, the best overall cornerback in this draft. And I think this is. I, I have him as the third uh, rated player on my big board as well. And you you mentioned it with Darius Slade now in Philadelphia. This is an obvious choice, an obvious. Uh... You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh my gosh, you cut out. I'm have to great good good work, Adam. Now I'm have to edit that out. <laughs> now leave it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. all right. So you were you were you were saying uh, you know with Darius Slade gone that Jeffrey Akuda is the natural fit there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good, good, you know, obviously it's a need for them. And I, I agree with you. He's, I got him high on my big board as a third overall player as well. All right. Perfect. On the clock, New York Giants. That's you, Adam. All right. You ready for the fourth pick? 
Yeah, did, did, did you hear me? I said you're on the clock. All right, so the fourth pick for me is is one that was uh, with the Giants here. This was this was just so up in the air for me about a week ago. I, I th- really thought the Giants was, were a team that really could go a bunch of different directions. It's starting to, I think, to get more clear what they're going to do it for. And I think that's pretty... Uh, you're starting to see that be reflected in in their in, in their odds at the Vegas about what position they're going to take, and that's offensive line. Uh, so Jedrick Wills was like a plus 500 or plus 600 uh, odds on favor to get selected here at four. He's now at plus 155. So that's the pick for me. I think that's signaling what they're going to do. Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle out of Alabama, being selected number four overall. Okay. Uh, I don't have an issue with that. I do have Wills as a first-round grade. You know, those top – uh, four, five, six, seven offensive tackles are are there. You know they're kind of hard to argue against. Um, I have Wills as my number two offensive tackle, as you know. Andrew Thomas is my number one, and then we had uh, Jeff Brisden on the show a couple weeks ago, who was very adamant that Mackay Becton was going to be the pick. So, is there a specific reason you picked Wills other than just uh, kind of relying on those Vegas odds and you know expecting them to know more than you, which is perfectly fine. Probably more reasonable than me. Yeah, no, I think, and I've been so up and down on these offensive tackles. Really, I think you could you could arrange these offensive tackles, these top four, in any order, and you could have an argument as far as who's the best and who's not. Uh, I like Jedrick Wills a lot. I think he'd probably be the top one or two offensive lineman on my big board. And, yeah, so I'm relying on Vegas here. There's obviously a sharp line movement for him here at four, so that's what I think is going to happen. All right, cool. So number five on the clock, the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, that's me. I'm going to go ahead and write this down. It shouldn't be a surprise. I'm going to go through the number two quarterback on my board. It's a little bit of a risky pick, but I'm going to go with Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback from Alabama. Now, Tua, everybody knows about him. He's probably the sexiest left-hand, the sexiest prospect in regard to left-handed quarterbacks, probably since Steve Young. I don't think a whole lot of people would argue against that. Um, he does a lot of things right. The problem with him is that he has an unextensive injury history. We had uh, Tim Torch on the show a couple weeks ago who didn't really seem bothered by that, uh, but then we had Jeff on the show also a couple weeks ago who mentioned, who's actually met him in per- person numerous times and said that uh, he's very small. He's Manziel size, so he thinks that the injury bug is more of a legitimate issue than people are led to believe. Uh, but either way, at some point, someone's got to take him. And I do think he's the number two quarterback on my board, my number eight overall prospect. Uh, fulfilling a need, let's go with the two attack of my love. Yeah, I agree with you. Two, you know, Obviously, Tua um, had a pretty prolific college career outside of the injuries. And the injuries are a big concern. I think that's what you're hearing from from some of these teams, from this, from some of these scouts, I, I've I think uh, Mike Lombardi from uh, the GM Shuffle is actually um, he and he you know he worked for the Patriots and the Browns at some at one point. He's actually come out and said there's teams within the top ten of this draft that failed to a uh, physical. Uh, so there, you know there's teams that completely have him off their board and will not draft him just based on um, him not being able to be healthy. So. Uh, and that's a that's a huge concern. Uh, but if somebody wants to take that risk and take you know take on that injury risk, obviously you're looking at a quarterback who, when healthy, it, you know has has QB one potential here in this draft. I mean, I think if, for me, if if Tua was completely healthy, no injury concerns, I think it's more of a coin flip between Burrow and Tua than it is right now. All right, I think that's fair. Uh, I believe that I am still on the clock at pick number six with the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to take the third-best quarterback on my board, who's also my number 19th-rated overall prospect, Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Justin Herbert actually has a home in Los Angeles, so it's not going to be too far of a drive for him. He's a little bit of a hometown boy. Justin Herbert looks the way that you expect a quarterback 
that you would draw up if you were in charge of drawing up a quarterback. He's a big dude. He's very athletic. He's got a big arm. He's extremely accurate. One of the, probably right up there is most accurate. One, of, he's arguably the most accurate in the class. And the big thing about Herbert is, I do think he has the highest ceiling. Okay, now does he have mm-hmm. a low floor? Yeah, very well. You know. I, Arguably, arguably, but he does. He has an extremely high sin. The Oregon offense really limited what he could do. Um, you know, they had their best wide receiver was Juwan Johnson, who dropped every other ball that was thrown to him, and that was like their best wide receiver by far. They dumped it to the running backs constantly. Um, you know, they did have a good mm-hmm. offensive line, but Mario Cristobal is very much. I'm going to move ahead. Uh, it just, I don't really think it was the most flattering offense for a quarterback. So I do, but I, I I think his talent is inarguable. I think he really helped himself at the Senior Bowl. Um, so yeah, the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, he's he's probably the best arm talent in in this draft. That's for sure. He's also uh, you know a, a dual threat really. I mean he's and he's got a you know elite combination of size and athleticism. He's six six two thirty six. He ran a four six at the combine. Um, but you know, the one knock on him is that you know he need he needs to be a little bit better of a decision maker, especially when he's under pressure. Uh, that's one thing that that a lot of scouts have really kind of mentioned is you know he's when he's under pressure, he doesn't make the best decision that leads to turnovers. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's really the only thing uh, that that he would need to improve upon. So I think it's going to be a, a you know what. What system does he get into? Who's his quarterback coach? Is he going to be able to develop uh, in, into that uh, that you know that high ceiling that you talked about? Well, and here's another issue with that offense, and then we'll we'll move on to your pick with the Carolina Panthers. The Oregon offense is very much. Um... I don't want to say it's it's pro style, but you know you see a lot with with Tua at Alabama and Joe Burrow at LSU. Those a lot of those passes were a predetermined and b they were half the field routes, right? So he was he's looking at either the left side or the right side, and it's going to be one or two two receivers on that side or dump it to the running back, right? Uh, they're not making a whole lot of reads. Oregon very much he, he was reading the whole field, so I could see why you know it was taking them longer to process. It, you, I fully expect Herbert to he could. He would be a good candidate to get a year to try to figure out the game and, and speed get to the game speed. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, those other offenses, you could say that you might have to say the same thing about Tua and Burrow, but you just don't know yet because those offenses were more built around their skill set. But again, number seven pick, Carolina Panthers. Adam, you were on the clock. Yeah, this is an interesting pick, in my opinion, especially for the Browns, what, what happens here. Um, you, you, this is speaking about Vegas and what they're expecting. This is another line move situation where, um, I don't think linebacker was really all that likely a couple of weeks ago here for the Panthers, but you've seen Simmons, uh, now that the giants have, um, are, are, is are more, are, I guess, favored to take offensive tackle here. I think Simmons has a chance to fall. Uh, so <clears throat> I think, I think he's going to be available here at seven and I think that's who they're going to take. So I'm going to go Isaiah Simmons. Linebacker out of Clemson here at number seven, drafted to the Carolina Panthers. You know, I think that's probably a good pick. I'm I'm trying I'm, I'm I'm over here scrambling trying to find him on my board. Obviously, <laughs> I had him very high. You're gonna see him as an outside linebacker. Uh, they do need linebacker help. Luke Keekley is gone. Uh, the yep. problem with that is they do have a linebacker that's already fairly similar like that with him, uh, and Isaiah Simmons. But I guess with the new coaching staff, you don't really know what they're going to do or what they're yep. trying to do with these linebackers. Do you think that this is a potential trade out spot? I don't. I don't. Maybe. Maybe. Um, being just just that Carolina is in rebuild mode, they're obviously they're not going to come in this year and expect to win a ton of games. I don't think 
with Matt Rule, but I, I think this is I think they want to get uh, versatile young talent, and I think Isaiah or Simmons is the most talented player left on the board. Uh, so I think that's who they'll take. I, I think there's there's going to be a real opportunity to trade out here in a couple of picks, which we'll talk about. But I think Carolina will stay put unless unless you know Tampa Bay or Atlanta or Denver want to get ahead of the offensive tackle run or the wide receiver run. There, I guess there's a potential for that. But why why would they trade up to seven? Have to pay more when they could potentially trade up to nine. So I think I think I think I think Carolina is going to stay here at seven. I think they're going to select Simmons. All right, that makes sense. If you're going to be PA, uh, I totally get that. So on the clock now, the Arizona Cardinals at number eight. That's my team. I'm going to take the best off the tackle off the board. You took uh, who did you? You took Jedrick Wills Jr. earlier. I'm going to take my number six overall player in Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. You're talking about a guy who started in the SEC at left tackle for three years in a row. Does a lot of things well. His biggest weakness is that he's not a flashy athlete. There's a lot of flashy athletes in this off the tackle class, including Tristan Wirfs, Mackay Beck. Uh, Austin Jackson, Josh Jones. I mean, even if you go down the line at Matthew Pert out of Connecticut, a lot of flash there. Uh, Andrew Thomas doesn't have that, but I, I am a big fan of a- Andrew Thomas. We had Jeff on the show a couple weeks ago who kind of turned me off of Andrew Thomas, said that he had a lot of Greg Robinson to him. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't see that on film. I see him get beat every now and again, but, you know, who doesn't? Uh, but that's who I'm rolling with. All right, so we're moving on to nine now, and this is where I think there's a real, real opportunity for somebody to move up. I mentioned, um, I mentioned Denver, I mentioned Tampa Bay, I mentioned Atlanta. They're both, they're, those are teams that are at 14, 15, and 16, I believe, who all could, uh, you know, make a trade here to get get to nine and get the guy that they want. Whether it's Tampa Bay at offensive tackle, whether it's Denver at wide receiver, um, and to get out in front of that run instead of having to pick from who's left. So I don't, I do not expect Jacksonville to take uh, the ninth pick in this year's draft. I, I really do expect them to trade out. That makes sense to me. They're, Jacksonville is, re, is, I don't think they're expecting to win this year. I think they're, in my opinion, trying to put, you know, position themselves next year to where they're, they're going to be able to get Lawrence or Fields or whatever quarterback really kind of, um, you know, you know, expose, you know, kind of shows out next year. Uh, so I think they're gonna. They don't obviously. They don't have uh, the quarterback position locked up long term. I think they're looking at the twenty one draft. So I think they're gonna take the best player that they can get their hands on here that fits somewhat of a need. And I think that's Derek Brown. Uh, so if they don't trade out, I think they take Derek Brown. He's they do have a need at d- defensive line. He's the best player um, available on my big board right now. Uh, so I think Derek Brown's the pick. I'm writing that down right now. Derek Brown, uh, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Uh, I'm a big fan. He's number five on my board as well. Uh, he, you know, he's strong. He is a complete pocket smusher. He d- destroys any pocket that's in front of him. Um, you know, he he takes on double teams. Has a great anchor. He's got great size. There's really not a li- uh, not a lot to dislike of him. Here's the thing, though. If I do have to nitpick, he's on the ground a lot. He is on the ground a lot. I don't know why. He it's not. He gets sometimes when he. When he does lose, he loses in a big way. Uh, another thing that I don't like about Derek Brown, or that some teams might not like, it depends on who you are, is that he's not going to get. He's not a pass rusher. He's not going to split the gap and penetrate with his explosiveness like you might see Javon Kinlaw. So this is a guy that's very much going to pave the way for your second level linebackers. He 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 does. He soaks up the double teams. He collapses the pocket, but he's not going to get the sack. He more or less paves the way for another uh, person to get the sack. So this might be a good. If you're trying to keep, uh, you know, in Gakwe, this might be a good play. Uh, but a number, what do you? I'm sorry, did you have anything to add on that? 
No, I was just, I agree with you there. You know, Derek Brown's probably an elite NFL run defender, but he's, you mentioned he's not, he's not, a, he's not going to be a great pass rusher in this league. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, if, if somebody trades up here to nine, you could, re- I think you could see him fall uh, into the, into the teens somewhere. And this is a guy that has been projected as a top 10 pick for a long time. If there's going to be somebody that we've all expected to be a top 10 pick that falls out of the top 10, I think it's Derek Brown. Man, I see. I don't know. I, he's my number one defensive tackle on the board. I, I'm not saying that his his lack of a pass rush is a detriment. It's just it's not his style. It's different strokes for different folks. It's just not what he does, right? Just like if you mm-hmm. get a guy, if you if you you're not gonna sign a 240 pound running back expecting them to bust off screens for 60 yards. That's just not what Derek Brown does. But if you're if you're a team, uh, you know, like the Jaguars are a bad example because they're they're, they're rebuilding a lot. But let's use the Cleveland Browns for example. If Derek Brown's soaking up double teams in the interior, that's gonna open up a lot of sacks for Miles Garrett. You're gonna Miles Garrett. You're gonna see the effects of Derek Brown's impact in Miles Garrett's stats. Does that make sense? Now you're gonna get that. That's the goal with Derek Brown. But he's my number one defensive tackle on the board. I think he's very good. He had a very rough combine, uh, so I don't think that that helped his stock. But that's just not the kind of player he is. Um, so I'm good with it. I think it was a good pick. Uh, moving on, the number 10 pick, the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, I have them. This leads us in a good position. I'm very happy with where we're at with the Cleveland Browns. I'm actually writing in the pick. All right, we're sorry for the technical difficulties. We're at pick number 10, uh, Cleveland Browns. I'm on the clock. I get the Cleveland Browns. This couldn't have worked out better for me. I'm going to take out the best offensive tackle left on the board. That's Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, my number 15th overrated prospect. He's well worth the pick. Uh, he's an athletic freak. He plays. He, he should step in at left tackle right away and be an impact player. The problem with Wirfs, and everybody seems to ignore it, uh, is that he only played on the right side at Iowa. Okay, but Kirk Ferentz came out a couple weeks ago, as Jeff Frizen pointed out on this very podcast, and said that the only reason he played on the right side is because the left tackle, Alaric Jackson, can't play on the right side. So that should have everybody's problems. They should have everybody's mind somewhat at ease. Uh, we know that Tristan Wirfs is a very effective player. At the very worst, at the very, very, very worst, Tristan Wirfs is going to be an, an all-pro level guard. So this is a, this is a great pick, super high floor, um, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, I agree with you. And he, you know, he really showed out at the combine. Um, really, kind of came out and just showed how how much of a freak he was athletically. Uh, I agree. I think Tristan Wirfs is probably, <laughs> like I said, you you could rant, you could just shuffle these offensive tackles around and have an argument uh, as as to as to which which order you should place them in. Uh, I, I like Tristan Wirfs. I, I would not be upset with this pick here at ten. All right, and on the clock, pick number eleven, the New York Before Giants. Before you make this pick. Team- Yes. Before you make this pick, I this to me is is the reason why I expect Tampa Bay to move up in this draft, because right now you've got three offensive tackles off the board, and yes. every every mock that I've seen, every single one almost has the 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 Jets taking a wide receiver here, whether it's Jerry Jude or or C D Lamb. But if you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook. They have uh, New York favored at minus one forty to take an offensive lineman here. Does that surprise you? Uh, I, so I, I was gonna. I'm gonna take an offensive lineman. Uh, okay. I do think that I have Jerry Judy higher on my board. I think that that yep. would be the flasher pick to help Sam Darnold. But I think if you're trying to look more towards the long term, you're trying to protect Darnold. I think it's really hard to find guys that have Mackay Becton's mixture. After Mackay Becton, I do think that there is a little bit of a drop off. Not much. I do have a lot of faith in the next three guys. Uh, but you're, if you're trying to get a guy that's going to be a plug and play guy, Mackay Becton's it. 
Um, so I guess that leads me to my next my next statement. Uh, I'm going to take Mackay Becton off the tackle out of Louisville. Uh, he falls under the planet theory. Adam, do you know what the planet theory is? Well, I only know know it because you've discussed it with me. But you you go ahead and tell the listeners. <laughs> so the planet theory is what Bill Parcells came up with in I believe it was the late '80s, where he said if you can get a human being that is that big and that athletic, you have you have to you have to snag him. There's only so many of them in the in the on the planet that you have to take one when you have that chance. Mackay Becton is a physical freak. He's huge in every sense of the word, and he's a very athletic person with extremely quick feet, and he's an elite pass blocker. He should come in there and immediately be a good player. The problem with Mekhi Becton is also that he's so big that you have to have some question marks about, okay, is this guy going to eat himself out of the NFL? I don't think he is. <laughs> I think it's a good pick. That's a guy I'm sticking with. Did you see that? I, I saw it on Twitter that one some scout came out and said, the reason why I don't I have Mekhi Becton as my fifth offensive tackle is because he likes to cook and eat more than he likes football. And there, and there, that's I'm sure that that's a real concern. You know, you, you see guys like that eat themselves out of the NFL all the time. Uh, you see people that the NFL scouts have unique things to say about players all the time. That ends up being the truth. Eli Apple. Someone said that you know I don't think Eli Apple could make himself ramen if he had to, saying he was a little bit of a mama <laughs> boy. Will that end up being 100 percent true? And his mom ended up being a huge issue for the Giants. That's why they got rid of him, and he hasn't lived up to the hype. So I mean, a lot of those statements that we view are stu- as stupid, kind of tur- they you know sometimes they do have some weight to them um yep. you know but that's a pot the guy weighs over 360 pounds but let's not <laughs> act like let's not act like you know these other guys are skinny they all weigh over right. 320 pounds so it's yep. not like you know I me mean, everybody i feel like everybody's a you know a bucket of fried chicken away from being out of the nfl so that's kind of <laughs> where i'm at i got i got a lot of faith in them i agree with you i, I think i do think that's where the jets go uh so but i so mckay back then six seven three sixty four uh, he ran a 5.1 40-yard dash, which at 364 is really fast. Uh, so he's super athletic. The only the only knock against him, and this it doesn't sound like a negative. Well, his when I say his it. official time, his official combine time was under five seconds. Was it really? right? Is a fit well? Because I believe I don't know what I'm looking at. I believe he's. One. I believe he's the only player that has weighed over 350 pounds that ran under a five second 40 at the combine. But maybe I'm That's wrong. Absurd. I don't have those numbers in front of me. That's absurd. Either way. Uh, he's a freak athlete. Um, like I said, the only negative that yeah, you could really pull from his game is that he can be a little over aggressive, which doesn't sound like a negative because you see, you watch his film, and he just mauls people. Uh, but there are times where he, you know, that over aggressiveness can lead to him getting a little bit off balance, and that's that's one concern that 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 scouts have pointed out with Becton. I th- I think he's I think he's a home run here at eleven, in my opinion. I really like him. Absolutely. Now, next on the clock, number twelve, the Las Vegas Raiders. Adam, that's so that, that's my pick here, and this this is I've gone back and forth on this um, probably fifty times. I they've I think the Raiders they've had they've been very clear that they want to address both wide receiver and cornerback in this draft, and they at twelve and nineteen they're primed to do so. What they choose to do uh, here, in which order, is the big question. I think you could make an argument that C.J. Henderson is the pick here, that you get the, the second-best cornerback in a lot of people's eyes. And I've actually heard that some people have Henderson as the top-rated cornerback over Akuda, actually. Uh, so it's not unanimous that Akuda is the best cornerback in, in some of these scouts' eyes. Uh, so depending on what the Raiders like here at cornerback, they could go C.J. Henderson here. 
um, and then you know snag whatever whoever the their their wide receiver four is because I think you know Judy Ruggs and and Lamb are going to be gone before they pick at nineteen. Uh, so it's a real question mark. They can go either way here, but I'm going to go with the best player on my board still. It's Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. I like this pick. Jerry Judy is my number one wide receiver. Uh, he's a very smooth player. Uh, he's not going to be as flashy as you know Henry Ruggs, who blew up at the combine. Uh, but he was always the number one guy. Um, I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have a lot of issue here. I'm actually crossing him off right now. Yeah. No, he's he's a he's a real crisp route runner. Um, and I, you know, I've gone back and forth on rugs too. There's, there's some people that, you know, that really think that rugs will be the first guy off the board here. First wide receiver off the board. And I mean, I think Denver really likes him. I think Denver could, could jump up and grab rugs if they decided to trade up to nine. Uh, regardless, Judy's the pick here for the Raiders. Um, there's, there's just not a whole lot you can, you can say bad about Judy. He's not, he doesn't have the ideal body type or, or play strength, but he's just so good at, you know, with his play speed his his balance, his route savvy, you know, he, he's just able to create space, um, which, which to me is more important than speed. If you can, if you, with your route running, if you can create space between you and your defender, that's what's most important at the next level. And I think he's, he's elite at that. All right. Number 13, next pick the San Francisco 49ers and Adam, that's you again. All right. <laughs> and this, this to me, I'm going to go wide receiver here again. I think that makes a lot of sense uh, for San Francisco. The, you know, they traded DeForest Buckner away. Um, so the, it, you, some could argue that you go defensive line here. Javon Kenlaw, you mentioned still, Still on the board, um, but if you look at what Vegas thinks, they have they have San Francisco as minus two ten odds to take wide receiver at this spot. So I agree. I, I'm going to go ahead and take wide receiver. Me personally, I think CD Lamb's the pick, but I think they're going to go Henry Ruggs because they've already got Debo Samuel. They were they and, and I think if they get they get somebody with a ton of speed, whoa, whoa, just to whoa. take the top off. Hold that's, on, that's and, where they're going to go. Hold on, hold on, and. The, the, we're not going to edit this out. We're going to leave this in. You have to tell me. <laughs> For now on, when you say the pick, you tell me who you're picking first, and then you give me your narrative. <laughs> I just crossed off three people based off of what you're saying. I'm gonna, we're going to do seven rounds. i got to keep track of 300 people. I've already crossed off three wide receivers based off that paragraph. Who, who are you taking? All right, okay. All right, now proceed. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I think I think he's just a fit with uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco more so than C.D. Lamb. I, I think they're I think C.D. Lamb and, and Henry Ruggs are about even on my big board. I got I got them ranked the the, the exact same, uh, but I've seen people say that uh, Ruggs is is a better fit in San Francisco with what Shanahan wants to do. So that's why I'm going with that pick. You know, and I I, I could see it. I could see it. I'm not disagreeing with your pick. I do have CD Lamb higher. I think CD Lamb is more of a complete wide receiver. Here's the deal with Henry Ruggs, and and I think that Jeff talked about this uh, when we had him on the show as well. Um, his speed puts it, it's it's very much like he he is um, William Will Fuller on steroids, right? If you yeah. have a player with his kind of speed, you don't need him to be good. You just need him to take away the tension from everyone else. If it's me, I'm taking CD Lamb. I think he's more complete. I think he's more he does he does what you need him to do. He's smoother. He's much more a number one wide receiver. But Henry Ruggs takes a lot of that attention away. Uh, I guess it just overall depends what you're looking for. Um, yep. So I don't have an issue with that. You know, if your game plan is for Kittle to be your number one target and for Ruggs to take the top off while, mm-hmm. while Kittle is underneath, I completely get that. Especially with when you're running a three running back crew like that, where all of them catch the ball while the, while the 
backfield. So I'm not going to argue yeah. that point. Um, I was just merely pointing out that I do have CeeDee Lamb higher on my board. I agree. I, I would too. Like if I were the GM, uh, I, I, I would probably put CeeDee Lamb at the top. I, I think he's my favorite wide receiver prospect. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to, to give the, the listeners what I expect to happen. So that's why, that's why I'm. And that you should, here. and you should. That's, that's fair. I was just purely, yeah. merely pointing out. All right, Henry so Ruggs, up, four, four, two, seven. What? Is, that's like, that's like that's top insane. five in the combine, right? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. You're he, up there with like John Ross and Chris Johnson and those types of guys. Alleged murderer. <laughs> right. Chris Johnson for hire. Yeah. Oh no, no wait. He, no, he hired someone. He, right? He he's not a murder for hire. He hired someone to murder. Right? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. We gotta get that straight. We gotta get that straight. Um. All right. So pick number. This is gonna be. This is gonna be where it's really taxing because yes. while you're talking, I look at who I'm gonna pick. Right. And why? Why I'm talking? <laughs> why? Why I'm talking? You look at who you're gonna pick. Right. Like you're trying to do two things at once. I got five picks in a row here. <laughs> so this is gonna be this is there's gonna be a lot of dead air. So Adam, try to fill that out when I try to fill the dead air when I'm looking at my notebooks. But I'm ready for Tampa right. Buccaneers. You are ready, okay? Because yeah. this to me, like if if the top four offensive tackles go, Tampa Bay screwed here, in my opinion. I'm That's ready. Why I think they they absolutely have to move up. But yeah, I want to see what you got. I, I'm ready. I think they'll be they'll be happy with this pick too. So I'm number fourteen, the Tampa Buccaneers. I'm gonna take Austin Jackson, offensive tackle at of USC. So. A little bit about Austin Jackson. Autumn ja- Austin Jackson fills the prototype role you want in offensive tackle. 6'5", 322 pounds, very long player, has a good body. Not you do you you don't have to worry about this guy being fat. He's got a he's 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 well proportioned everywhere. The problem with him is he's more raw than Mackay Becton. For whatever, however many good plays you see, he has equally the amount of bad plays. Okay, uh, I believe it was AJ Epinesa at Iowa who worked him like a rodeo clown at the the Rose Bowl or Outback Bowl or whatever bowl it was. Um, but uh, he's got a lot of potential. The the sky the sky is the limit with him. Here's the problem though. I don't know how much influence Tom Brady's going to have here because I find it very hard to believe that Tom Brady's going to be satisfied with the rookie offensive tackle blocking his blind side. Um, but Adam, what do you think? No, I agree with you there, and that that's my biggest concern for Tampa Bay in this pick is that I think they're with Tom Brady. They're gonna they're gonna use this pick to try to maximize their opportunity to win now. Austin Jackson is more of a of a, of a prospect of a guy that's gonna be really good in two or three years potentially. Uh, at that point, Tom Brady's probably already out of Tampa Bay. Maybe he's retired already. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I guess that's 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 where I'm at with Jackson. I think he's a he's a really good prospect, but I don't think he's quite NFL ready. I think Andrew Thomas, you mentioned it, is probably the most NFL-ready left tackle right now. If, if they can move up to grab Andrew Thomas, I think they do that. Or if somehow he falls, I think that's what they really want here. In the, in the, in the situation where all four offensive tackles go before 14, I think they're, you know, they're really hurting here. But so, yeah, I agree. I, Vegas agrees with you. They, they have Tampa Bay at like minus 400 odds to take offensive line at their first pick. I still think that they snag one of these tackles. I think Austin Jackson is a very good fit in Tampa Bay. Um, but the problem is I think that they're probably more likely to make a deal for Trent Williams. I don't think it matters which rookie you put on the left side, whether it's Austin Jackson or, or Andrew Thomas. I don't think Tom Brady's going to like that. He wants a guy like yeah. Trent Williams. He wants a guy like Jason Peters. But Austin Jackson, I feel like, fits this system fits where this is at perfectly fine uh but on to the next pick pick number 15 the denver broncos i'm gonna take the wide receiver left on the board i like him i like this wide receiver better than henry ruggs i already said that cd lamb out of oklahoma cd lamb 
Uh, he's a silk. He's fair. He's a smooth route runner. He's fast. He gets separation. He's a sure-handed wide receiver. The biggest problem with C. Lamb is he's not big. I don't think he cracked the 200-pound mark at the combine. Adam, I'm sure you can figure that out for me because I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but he's a very slim wide receiver. So one good hit, and it might be you know good night. But other than that, there's really not a lot, a lot to dislike about him. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, Lamb. You mentioned he's six one or just or yeah, six one. Um... 196 pounds. He's yep. he's really well balanced. He's got he's a great athlete. Uh, he's really like really fluid with the ball, and he's got great ball skills, and he's really good after the catch. I've I've seen a lot of people compare him to DeAndre Hopkins, and I and I think that's probably fair with what he's able to do with the ball with his ball and with the ball in his hands. He's a great playmaker, and I think me personally, I think he's the best wide receiver. In this class, I think I think I think ten years from now, when we look back, we'll say why you know C.D. Lamb was the best wide receiver to come out of this 2020 draft class, uh, and I, I truly believe that, and I think Denver's getting an absolute steal here. So I don't I don't know if I necessarily I'm, I'm in love with the DeAndre Hopkins comparison. I don't have an issue with it. Uh, I do think C.D. Lamb offers a little bit more after the catch, and I do think that DeAndre Hopkins is better at fighting for those 50-50 balls uh, and high pointing the ball. Uh, but I could definitely see if you're talking about their career arc, I don't think it's completely unreasonable. Uh, but all right, next pick on the board, pick number 16, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to go ahead and take C.J. Henderson. I think this is a steal. Uh, C.J. Henderson had number 14 on my big board, my number two quarterback. Uh, you talked about him being better than Akuda. I disagree with that, but I do see where you one could think that Henderson has more better has better instincts. He he seems to be in the right play, right place at the right time more often than Akuda. Akuda seems to be more reactive and more uh, up in your face. Uh, C.J. Henderson seems to be able to read routes a little bit better. Uh, he's a little bit smoother when trying to read the quarterback's eyes. He's not a good tackler though. He's not a good tackler. Now, if you look at his 2018 film, that tells a bit a little bit different of a story. A lot of people think that he was saving his body, reserving himself. I don't know what the situation was, but he's not a good tackler, and that needs to be cleaned up for him to be the total package with the Falcons. Adam, what do you think? I agree with you, and I I, I did misspeak earlier. Um, I was looking at the wrong set of notes. I do. You're, you're right. Henderson does need to be a better tackler, uh, but and a better playmaker at the catch point. But he is super athletic. He's long. Uh, and, and he's got a great mindset is what a lot of the scouts are saying, which is why he's going to be one of the best press man uh, prospects in this 2020 draft class. I think you've heard I've heard a lot of buzz recently about C.J. Henderson potentially being a top 10 pick. He could potentially go at nine if Jacksonville wants to stay put. They lost. Obviously, uh, they got rid of Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Obuye or whatever his last name is. Uh, so they do have a need at cornerback. He could go at nine potentially, but if he falls all the way here to sixteen, I think it's an absolute steal. I think I think Atlanta's run into the bank with that pick. All right, I agree. Now on to the number on to the next pick, number 17, the Dallas Cowboys. Dude, I saw this. I'm looking at my notes. So here, here's how it's working for everybody that's that's listening that can't see us. We, Adam and I both have a big board and we both have a list of our rankings and then we have our notes, right? And like, for instance, I, I've written an article on numerous positional groups. If you want to see my writings on the brownswire.com, I've done prospect rankings for over 25 pro- prospects at each position, wider or uh, defensive tackle, tight end, offensive tackle, safety. I try to do as many as I can before the draft. Uh, so this is one of them, defensive tackle. I really took a deep dive into defensive tackle. I think that the Dallas Cowboys are biggest needs at defensive tackle. So I'm very happy that Javon Kinlaw is still on the board. We talked about him potentially being a better option than Derrick Brown. I do disagree with that, but Javon Kinlaw is my number two rated prospect. I do think he comes in. He's, he has an insanely, insanely high ceiling. He can step in and be an impact player immediately. 
and he can be an impact player for a long period of time. He has an insane, he, he's 6'5", 324, and he's very athletic. He will blast through a gap as quicker than any offensive lineman can catch him. Uh, the problem with him is that he plays very chaotic. He, he gets lost quite a bit. Uh, he doesn't have the best, uh, I guess, read and reaction skills, uh, but those are all things that he can probably learn over time. Uh, I think he just plays faster than his, you know, he plays faster than what he's recognizing is going on. But that's what I'm taking Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it's it's a little bit of a surprise that he's still here at 17. I don't disagree with you. I have him as like, I don't know, my like 12th best prospect here in this, in this draft. So, there's Dallas is getting a lot of value. If you look at what Vegas is thinking, that they they have uh, defensive line as the third likeliest position for Dallas to draft here. They actually have linebacker and, and cornerback ahead of defensive line. But I, I think I think by far Javon Kinlaw is the best player available, and he still does uh, you know meet or you know fill a need for Dallas. So I don't disagree with this pick. And, and we've talked, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to the podcast we did with Jeff Risden and the podcast we did with Donovan James. They both spoke about Javon Kinlaw and the adversity that he's gone through in his life to get to the position where he is now. It's really a tremendous story. And I'm sure leading up to the draft and especially on Thursday, when he gets picked that you'll hear a lot more about his story, but it really is incredible and, and inspiring. Absolutely. Now, pick number 18, the second pick for the Miami Dolphins. We talked about earlier in the draft, I took two attack of Iloa, the quarterbacks. We got the Dolphins a quarterback. Let's see what's available at offensive tackle, and I do see where it's a bit of a reach, but I'm comfortable with it. I still gave him a first-round grade. I'm going to draft Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Isaiah Wilson played right tackle at Georgia. Uh, and that's probably where he's going to main in the NFL. That that's that's his big draw is that I don't think he's ever going to be a blindside protector. With that said, he is one of the strongest offensive tackles in the class, and he's not going to get bull rushed or bullied. Uh, so I feel feel very comfortable taking him here. Uh, ahead of Josh Jones. Uh, yeah, Josh Jones has really really good athletic traits. Um, you know, I gave him a first round grade as well. He's a very good pass blocker, but he's got rough film. If he's not, he, his film against like the teams that he plays in his conference in the AAC is great. But whenever he's asked to block anybody who's better than that, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, no, we've definitely, we've seen, um, we've seen some buzz about, uh, was it Wilson? Is that what you said? Yeah. Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson. We've de- there's definitely been some buzz about him sneaking into the first round. Uh, so I, I do think it's a little bit of a reach. I think you could probably get him at 26, uh, but I don't disagree with with the pick. Uh, you know, as far as that it meets a need, and he, he is a first round talent. So I, I think once you get to this point of the draft, it's really about it's going to be interesting to see how these individual teams have these players ranked. And you know, if they if they like Isaiah Wilson more so than Josh, John, you know, Josh Jones, obviously this is the pick. Yeah, I guess I, Isaiah Wilson is higher on my board. I'm very comfortable with what I have. I gave him, I'm very comfortable with the first-round grade. He's my number 31-rated player, so it's very I'm, I'm comfortable with him being a first-round pick. I'm comfortable with taking him here. If the Dolphins have Josh Jones higher, it wouldn't surprise me. It depends what you're looking for. Are you looking for the high upside left tackle who's going to be a good pa- pass blocker? Yeah, but if you're looking for a you know what I perceive as a more bust-proof, solid right tackle with a lot of strength, Isaiah Wilson's your guy. It just depends what you want. I think Wilson is better made to play immediately. Yeah, I mean, I, you know that that 
you convinced me. That's that's. Uh, I have no issues with that. <laughs> no, I'm, there's no there's no con- there's no convincing. It's just it's it's to, to each their own. I could yeah. see, they could flip flop, and I wouldn't argue one bit. Uh, pick number nineteen, the Las Vegas Raiders. Adam, you're back on the clock. Uh, you yep. took Jerry Judy with the first Raiders pick. What are you gonna do with this one? Yep. So this is where I mentioned that you know Las Vegas could really kind of flip flop. They they want a wide receiver and they want a cornerback. From everything we're hearing, those are the two positions they want to address in this first round. They already went wide receiver, so they're left with cornerback here. Uh, the 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 highest or the 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 number three rated cornerback on my big board is Jeff Gladney out of TCU. So I'm going to go ahead and say that's the pick. But you know, the more I do these mock drafts, the more it makes sense for me to think that Las Vegas may go CJ Henderson at 12, and then you know here at 19, you could you have your choice of Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, um, you know, Brandon Ayuk. You know, there's there's some good good wide receivers here left at 19. So it'll be interesting to see where they how they uh, how they put the, their draft together. Uh, I don't. I, I like Jeff Gladney. Gave him a first round grade. I have other cornerbacks higher than him on the board. Uh, I don't have an issue with this. If you're wanting someone with his style, his problem is that he is a little undersized. Adam, I'm sure you have this pulled up, uh, but I believe he was a tad underweight. I don't think he cracked the 200 pound mark either. Um, but again, I, you know, I gave him a first round grade. I'm pretty comfortable with where he's at. Yeah, Jeff Gladney uh, at, at the combine, he came in at 5'10, 191. I ran a 4-4-8, 17 reps on the bench press. So, I mean, this, he's not terrible. He's uh, he's scrappy. He's a quick-footed athlete, and he's super competitive. Uh, so that, you know, that's one thing I really like about him. And, and you know, so, yeah, I, I think once you get past Okuda and Henderson, you can kind of like the offensive tackles we mentioned, you can kind of shuffle up these next few cornerbacks and really just kind of take a pick and nobody really should have much of an argument. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Now, pick number 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Adam, you're back on the clock, and with the first Jacksonville Jaguars pick, you took Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Yep, so Derek Brown obviously fit a need. Right now, the, uh, we mentioned Jacksonville's got to take uh, – they, they got to address cornerbacks somewhere in this draft. Um, they also – they do have a slight need at, at the defensive end position, and this this uh, next pick, he's kind of fallen past where I thought he would be. He's the highest-rated – player on my big board left he's a defensive end out of lsu kalevon chasen okay i don't have an issue with kalevon chasen i do have one defensive end that's higher than him uh but i could definitely see if you're wanting a raw pure pass rusher i could definitely see why you would take a chance on him yeah i, I think like i said i, I think jacksonville's building towards the future i don't think they're building to win this year so if you give me give me a guy with more upside guy they can mold uh, I have Kalev Von Chasen uh, rated pretty high, actually. Um, probably a top 15 prospect here, um, higher than AJ Epinesa and Yeter Gross Matos, which I'm sure we'll we'll get to here in a little bit. But those are the other edge edge first rounders that we're going to run into here. Uh, but with the next pick, we've got uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. There's, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious which which position they need to address. Uh, they had a lot of issues last year at the wide receiver wide receiver position with everybody getting hurt. There's a lot of people uh, not really playing up to par. Vegas has them at minus two thirty to select the wide receiver with their first uh, with their first draft selection. The highest receiver left on the board for me is Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of L- or LSU. Okay, I don't have a problem with Justin Jefferson. Again, we're starting to get to where we're having a, a difference in uh, who we like as a prospect. I have a couple wide receivers higher than Justin Jefferson. Uh, 
Wilson, uh, but he's a tall receiver. I believe he measured in at six one six two. Uh, he could be a very good red zone threat. Something that the, you know the Eagles. Well, I guess they do have Zach Ertz, but he's very much in the style of uh, Alshon Jeffrey. You know, so I I I do like mm-hmm. what he can do. Yeah, I mean Justin Jefferson, he's not. You know, I think he's a guy that can go in and play the the slot a little bit, which I think will be you know be helpful for them. You mentioned that they still have Alshon Jeffrey, uh, but he's a really good route runner. He's got great ball spills. He's he's really competitive uh, at the catch point, and, and I think he's just uh, he's a really ideal slot receiver, which I think can, he would, he would fit really well with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. All right, now on to the next pick, pick number 22, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm back on the clock. Did I already have a pick? Oh, no, this is my first pick with Minnesota. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take my best cornerback off the board. I have him higher than Jeff Gladney, so I'm very excited he's here. Um, Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama. Trayvon Diggs is, I think he measured in at over 6'1". I think he might have cracked the 6'2 mark. Uh, The problem with Trayvon Diggs is that he's very raw. There's a lot of room to grow, which is both a good and a bad thing. Um, He's only been playing cornerback for about a season. Uh, this was his only year starting in Alabama, but boy, was it a season. So I'm very comfortable with him. Gave him a first-round grade. Uh, he's my highest quarterback left. Gave him a rate of the number 25 player on my big board. So he's still on the board, and I feel a need. Yeah, Trevon Diggs, 6'1", 205. Uh, you know, I think he needs to clean up his technique and his discipline and coverage a little bit. Uh, but, you know, he has shown improvement in those areas, and he, and he I think he, he uh, obviously projects to be an NFL starter due to his size and, you know, his his athleticism. Uh, so I have no issue with that pick. They obviously Minnesota has lost three of their four starting uh, defensive backs in in free agency, so they have to address this position. And I I think at twenty two or whether it's at twenty two or twenty five, they're going to have to address the wide receiver position as well. Uh, so if they if they got a guy that lined up that they like at the wide receiver position, they think is going to be there at twenty five. Cornerback is the obvious choice here at twenty two. All right, now pick number 23, the New England Patriots. I'm going to really surprise some people here, and I'm going to take the best tight end on my board. It's a tad bit of a reach. I still gave him a first-round grade. I'm going to go with Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. Six foot six, 262 pounds. There's really nothing he can't do. This pick is getting me excited because the thing about the New England Patriots, back with an offense, back with a tight end, much like in the mold of Rob Gronkowski, is really going to take pressure off of whoever the next quarterback is. It's really going to do a lot of things. Komet can do. A, Komet is is so underrated that for I don't know why he's not getting more hype. He is a in my eyes, he's a clear first-round talent. Um, he is he is in a, a class of his own as far as these tight ends go. Uh, the problem, the biggest problem with him is that he's not he doesn't have that explosive burst off the line of scrimmage that you see with a lot of your elite tight ends like Travis Kelsey. Um, but he does everything else in the same mold. He, he he's a seam buster, catches the ball well, and he can block. That's who I'm going with. Is Cole Komet. Adam. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was talking. I had I had muted myself. I don't oh disagree with the position. <laughs> I just don't think they go Cole Komet here in the first round. I, Cole, if you look at uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, Cole Komet, his his draft selection over under is forty five and a half. So it, there's a potential. We're talking the middle of the second round. I think if if New England wanted to to potentially wait and get him in the second, or if they wanted to trade up in the second to get him, I, there's more opportunity to do so. Um, I, I, I disagree with the pick. I don't disagree with the player, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, here, here's the deal. He, he's coming up. I think he's in, he's in, like I said, he's in a class of his own. So if you want a tight end, you're going to have to snag him. Because after that, you got a bunch of guys that 
you're unsure about Hunter, Hunter yeah. Bryant, Bryson Hopkins, Adam Trotman, Harrison Bryant. That's the next crew. And they all have yeah. huge, 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 huge red flags that make you kind of unsure about what they can do. Um, I gave them all second round grades. Cole Komet, I think he comes in, he comes day one, he's a reliable target immediately, immediately. But again, you know, you're not the only one that thinks that this, this is crazy. So I completely get it. Moving on, pick number 25, the Minnesota Vikings. I already drafted once for the Minnesota Vikings. I took Trayvon Diggs with their first pick, the cornerback out of Alabama. Hold on, hold on, I, hold on. You're skipping the team at 24 you got the saints oh my god i'm an idiot yeah so this new because <laughs> you know what i wrote it in. i'm sorry so number 24 the new orleans saints i'm gonna go ahead and take my best wide receiver off the board i like him better than justin jefferson but not a lot of people do this is gonna be another controversial controversial pick t higgins wide receiver out of clemson t higgins has good size he knows how to high point the ball he can go deep he can fight for those 50 50 balls he is the perfect comp complimentary option to a guy like michael thomas who can consistently hits underneath okay so you got michael thomas emmanuel sanders and t higgins boom dude that is a hell of a receiving core i'm all in i like t higgins too i have him ranked at number five but i've seen him ranked all the way down into, into the double digits when you're when you're talking about wide receiver wide receivers i think he's got to get a little bit stronger why. and he's got to he's got to he's got to continue to mature a little bit as a route runner but you're right he's super athletic he's got great tracking ability and, and he's, you know, he he's got really good, uh, you know, catch radius and playmaking traits here. He's 6'3", 216. He's got, you know, he ran a four five eight at his pro day. Um, you know, I mean, how, I think you how, can't, how you can't he argue. Here? He was six six three and a half. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So I mean, I agree with you. He was really productive at Clemson. I like him a lot. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him go here uh, in the early twenties of the first round. Perfect. And I, like I said, I like Higgins. I know he's got his issues. That's why he's, that's why he's here. Um, but like I said, you're not asking him to step in and be a number one wide receiver. Like you are Jerry Judy, like you are Henry Ruggs. You're asking him to step in and be a complimentary option to Michael Thomas. So all he has to do is do what he does really well. And then hopefully he grows into, you know, a guy who can be a number one, but again, he doesn't have to, because you have Michael Thomas there. Uh, and again, you have Emmanuel Sanders too. They just signed him. Who's also very good. But in the number 25th pick back to this, I'm sorry, the Minnesota Vikings. I already picked with the Minnesota Vikings at number 22. When I took Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama, I'm going to go back. I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit another wide receiver. This is my last. No, I'm sorry. I have one more wide receiver that I have highly ranked, but I also like this wide receiver. I know. All right. Okay. Pick number 25, the Minnesota Vikings, LaVisca Chanel. Sorry, we're dealing with some serious technical issues. Um, what was I saying? Chanel is elite with the ball in his hands. The whole objective is to get his ball in his hands as many times as possible. He's less as a refined. He's less of a refined receiver as T Higgins or Henry Ruggs or your classical receiver, I should say, but he is an athlete. After the catch, with the ball in his hands, he's a guy you want to get on screens. You want to get on reserves, uh, uh, reverses. You get a, you get him to a creative offensive coordinator, and he's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense. The problem with Chanel is his injury history is just about as bad as Tua's. Um, I don't think you can mm -hmm. find a game where he played every snap. I, it's just, a, or I don't think you can find a game where he doesn't limp off the field at some point, uh, which is an issue. But again, I'm willing to I'm willing to to make the risk. Yeah, you're right. He's uh, you know, he's a super talented playmaker, uh, really good with the ball in his hands. But it, the biggest concern for him is is his injury history. You know, he was he's injured a lot at Colorado. Uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of translate. Whether that was fluky or if that's something uh, more, uh, you know, that we're gonna see often at the NFL level. So I don't know. He's he's six foot two twenty seven. He ran a four five eight. He's not super fast, but he's still just a really good athlete. So I, I don't disagree with it.
Yeah, I, I think he's much faster than his tape indicates. I Like I said, I'm a big fan. This is a guy that if you play college fantasy football at all, you know how impactful he was for Colorado. You know how impressive he was. Uh, but again, you know, I, I get that he didn't time the best. Um, all right, pick number 26 for the Miami Dolphins. Um, wait, is that right? Yeah, okay. that's right. And I took, oh my gosh, I've, see, look, I've already messed up, dude. I already I took Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> and then I took Isaiah Wilson for Miami right. Dolphins. So now I'm at. Yeah, you're oh. at pick 26 with the Dolphins. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. You're going to see me make this pick live. I'm going to go look at running backs. I'm going to see DeAndre Swift is still off the board. Uh, this is a pretty good value for DeAndre Swift because I see him as the 18th ranked prospect. Uh, I know everybody craps on uh, taking running backs in the first round but here i think you got to do it you're gonna you're gonna build your offense with these three cornerstones um he's, he's an explosive running back he's I, to me he's the number one in the class um catches the wall, ball well out of the backfield powerful runner fast i don't have an issue with it deandre swift yeah i actually agree with you there's a there's you know a lot of question about whether a running back will be drafted in the first round if you look at at fan uh, sportsbook that actually it, it is odds on favorite that there will be at least uh, one running back drafted in this first round. DeAndre Swift, the last I check, I believe his over under was 26 and a half. So I think this is what Vegas expects to happen at 26 with DeAndre Swift. All right, perfect. Now, pick number 27, the Seattle Seahawks. Adam, you're back on the board five in a row. Five in a row. No, you've got do you do I have the Titans or do you have the Titans? Uh, it says my books, my paper says you have the Titans. All right. Five in a row. Let's go. All right. So, um, let's look here. Seattle Seahawks. If you look at what Vegas thinks, they think they're going to take a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. Both of those positions are plus plus one seventy five. So we're going to look and see who the best offensive defensive lineman available is. And I'm going to go with AJ Epinesa, Ezra or defensive tackle out of Iowa. He's definitely going to be their end. Yeah. yeah, I like that pick. I, I am a big AJ Epinesa fan. Um, people kind of sleep on him because he's not a flashy pass rusher. He's very much in that same mold as a former Iowa defensive end and now Cleveland Brown agent Claiborne. I do think he's better. He's got a higher ceiling. I'm just saying he's not a flashy pass rusher. He's very much a, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and clog up the run. And then if they roll to my side, I'm going to collapse the pocket. All right, all right. Twenty eighth pick. We have got the Baltimore Ravens here. This is uh, I'm I'm looking at a couple of, of players here that I'm I'm that I'm surprised that it made it this far. Uh, the biggest need in my eyes for the Ravens is that linebacker. Uh, they have to replace C.J. Mosley at some point. Uh, they they did lose uh, Bynes and and free agency. So I'm going to go with Kenneth Murray, linebacker linebacker out of Oklahoma. Can you hear me? You there? Yeah, I got you. Did you did you hear my pick? Yeah, you said Kenneth Murray, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you? Dude, think? I don't know. I don't know why we're dealing with so many technical issues. Yeah, I think Kenneth <laughs> Murray's. I, I think Kenneth Murray's a great pick. He's my number one inside linebacker. If you want, if you want a guy that's gonna go sideline to sideline, he is your guy. Um, he puts the hammer down. I, I, I like him. I'm a big fan of Kenneth Murray. All right. So the next pick, I, I actually think t- uh, Kenneth Murray has a real shot to be a Patriot at 23. Um, that, you know, but and obviously we'll, we'll wait. you know, the Patriots are always kind of go their own way. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what they do. 
But moving on uh, to the Tennessee Titans, they need they need defensive line help. So let's go see who the best defensive line. I'm gonna go with Yetter Gross Matos here out of defensive end out of uh, Penn State for the Tennessee Titans. What do you what do you like about Yetter? Oh, that's another play I really like. He's actually my, my next highest uh, defensive end on the board. After him, there's a huge drop-off. I do think Gross Matos has a lot to offer. I do think he can be the total package. I do think he can be just as good as the other guys that we had ahead of him. Uh, he's more raw than them. He dealt with a small incident. Um, I, I, you know, whenever someone says sexual harassment, it's, it's a pretty big deal, but I, I think it was a, an issue where he was bullying another player, um, uh, who ended up transferring that that probably warrants a deeper investigation. Uh, but from my understanding is that the coaching staff loves him. He's got a good attitude. Uh, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think, I think he's well worth the first round grade. All righty. All right. So we're going to move on, uh, pick number 30. We got the green Bay Packers here. Uh, this is a you know they need help at tight end they need help at wide receiver they need help at the offensive line they need help uh, at linebacker and cornerback but right if you look at Vegas right now they have wide receiver as as the odds on favorite to be the selection for the Green Bay Packers in the first round so I'm going to take my best uh, my highest graded wide receiver left on my big board and that's Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. I like that pick as well. Brandon Ayuk is my next highest wide receiver on the board. After him, there's a huge drop-off. Uh, he's kind of the last of the total package wide receivers with the size speed to really be a dangerous number one, uh, possibly immediately. Not saying that those other guys behind him can't turn into that. It's just that he has the most obvious tape to provide that. But I, I do like Ayuk. I think he's a, he's a dangerous deep threat. He also provides some versatility as a return man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he, he's a he's another player that if you've been following draft Twitter, uh, he's his stock is really rising in the eyes of some of these scouts and some of these uh, these analysts who follow the NFL draft closely. So I do expect him to be a first round pick. Uh, now we're going to move on to pick 31 here. This is the San Francisco 49ers. I absolutely expect them to trade out of this spot. Uh, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com who mentioned uh, that they do not have a pick through rounds two or in, in rounds two, three, or four. So they should, they will probably trade either uh, 13 or 31 to try to get some more picks in the in the mid rounds. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to assume it's going to be pick 31 that they're going to trade. I don't expect them to make this pick, but because we're not allowing trades, I'm going to go ahead and make this pick. They, we've already selected a wide receiver for them. They do need help on the offense or defensive line. The highest-ranked offensive defensive line that I have on my big board is Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. He's the inside offensive lineman. I think he's a guard. He plays center, right, or guard? Yeah, center. He, yeah. He, he'll so definitely that, I think that's. Center. I think that's the pick here at 31 if San Francisco stays. Uh, I, 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 he, I gave him a first-round grade. I'm very comfortable with Cesar Ruiz. I, a guy that I like better that I think everybody sleeps on is Nick Harris out of Washington. Um, but I've, I've seen the Ruiz hype train move forward. He's a, a bigger dude, um, you know, power blocker. He's very much in that, that Michigan um, stereotype, kind of like John, Ru John Runyon and Ben Bredesen. Uh, um, I don't think it's a bad pick. It depends what you're looking for. I did give him a first-round grade, but I do have a couple centers in front of him. Yeah, I don't think that's uncommon. I've, well, another name that is kind of um... – you know, kind of being floated around ahead of, of Ruiz is Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU. That wouldn't surprise me, but Cesar Ruiz it, to me is is the better prospect. Um, you know, he's he, he you know his technique tends to break down a little bit when he's being rushed, which you know, you know he, he he's pretty he's pretty reliable in pass protection. He needs to be a little bit better of a run blocker. 
Uh, but I think he, I think he's got all the ingredients here once he kind of flushes those issues out to be a long-term NFL starting center. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have any glaring issues. I mean, he can pass, protect, and run block pretty well. Uh, you know, he like, like I said, he's he's a, a first-round center. So he obviously does both those things very well. It just depends on what you're, you know, what more are you looking for? Um, like I said, I do think a guy like Nick Harris probably offers more, more upside. I also have Cushionberry higher too, but Ruiz is fine. I, I like the pick. I think it's a perfectly fine pick. Uh, the last pick of the first round, number 32, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm back on the board. I'm taking Christian Fulton, cornerback at LSU. Um, I have, again, this is another cornerback that I have higher than Jeff Gladney. I think there's, he's, he, there's some serious potential there. Um, he started, he was only a two year starter at LSU. Um, I, he, he is, he fits what the NFL is looking for. I think he also measured in at six, one, six, two. Uh, but he's also a guy that's very thin. I don't think he cracked a 200 pound mark either. Um, uh, but I, like I said, I, I, I think he adds an immediate starter to, uh, the defense, the, the Kansas City defense. Yeah, they definitely need to, to address that position. If you look at what Vegas had to say, um, they got a cornerback at plus 200 to be the first player picked, offensive line at plus 250, and linebacker at plus 250. So Patrick Queen sitting here at the end of the first round is, is a potential pick for the, for, the, uh, for the Chiefs, but I don't disagree with the Christian Fulton pick. If you look at what FanDuel Sportsbook has, Christian Fulton's actually like a minus 230 uh, to be selected in the first round, so it, I mean, it's kind of surprising he lasted this long. I, I, it, yeah, I, I, we mentioned it earlier. I think once you get past Okuda and Henderson, you kind of shuffle up these cornerbacks and just, you know, you you could do whoever you deal off the top of the deck. You can make an argument for them being better than who's behind them. But yeah, I, I do expect Fulton to be drafted in this uh, in this first round, and that's what that's what Vegas expects as well. He's 5'11", 197 pounds. He runs a 4 Oh, four, shit, six. he didn't crack the six-foot mark? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of room to grow into this uh, into his position of cornerback and, and be a long-term NFL star. Well, I feel, I feel stupid because I definitely thought he cracked that six-foot mark. But if that's what he measured in at 5'11", that's still not, you know, that's still not a small corner. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I, I still stand by it. He is a classic cover corner. He, he, he is a very prototypical cover corner. So I still stand by my remarks other than the size. Sorry, say that again. You cut out. I, I thought he cracked the six-foot mark for sure. I thought he was a taller corner, but you're saying he didn't crack the six-foot mark, which is fine. I still stand by what I said, He obviously, without the size part, but he's still a very prototypical cover corner, which is what you want in the NFL, what they're looking for. So, again, I stand by what I said, everything yeah. about him other than the size part. I guess I, I was mistaken. He's 5'11 and a half, so if you, if you just put on – you wear some insoles in your shoes, he's six foot. No, bro, I thought I thought he was I thought he was like six one. I thought he measured six one. So that's my bad. I thought he was close to six two. But all right, that was your first round. Uh, Adam, are we doing the second round tomorrow or what? Yeah, well, let's do it tomorrow. But let you know, we'll, we'll you'll Josh, you'll try to produce this and get it out tomorrow morning, right? I'm gonna try my hardest. We got to cut up three different things because uh, <laughs> because Adam's internet sucks. I'm blaming I'm blaming you, Adam. <laughs> right. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's all you know. Everybody home with this coronavirus, man. Just like clogging just up all the bandwidth, sucking up your internet. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna do. We're gonna knock out the second and third round tomorrow. Yeah, second so. third round tomorrow. But if you if you get a chance to listen to this tomorrow morning, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. Open all right. That was you, Josh. Oh yeah, you can hit me up at Twitter at Josh Keatley sixteen. Uh, you know we're gonna after this is over too, we're gonna we're gonna tweet out our results. Yep. So I'm I'm marking these down as I go. That's part of the reason why you hear such a fuck. Uh, such, oh geez, I almost dropped the f bomb, Adam. That's your <laughs> that's your job. Uh, right. I, it, that's why I'm 
you're here in these awkward spaces because I'm writing these things down and trying to trying to move it on. I'm not the most tech savvy person, so I'm doing off of one screen. But yeah. we'll try to get it printed out uh, on Twitter, and so you can kind of follow what we've done. Yeah, absolutely. Find me on Twitter, more M O O R E two one zero two. Like again, like Josh said, hit us up. We love talking with you guys. Let us know what you think about the draft, what we've uh, you know, what we've mocked so far in the first round. 